0: Do you travel for a living and struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle like I do, or maybe you just struggle to stay healthy in general? This is the Road to Health podcast, and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. I travel for business often, which presents some challenges in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and make my dreams and goals a reality. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that life throws at me, but by working on developing a healthier mindset, I'm managing to build a firm belief in my own ability to change. No one needs to take this journey alone, so if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me for this ride on the road to health. Well-traveled, well-lived. Are you struggling with addiction and looking to change that? There's hope, my friend. Hey everyone, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. I hope you're doing well today. I'm really excited today. I know I say that, but I am excited. Believe it or not, I actually wake up excited almost each and every day. Unless I don't eat so good, then it's not the same story. But for the most part, I have actually started to create a life for myself where I wake up on fire. Now, I have a workshop coming up. I'm not going to release the dates quite yet, but I do have a workshop coming up that is called Wake Up on Fire that you can actually learn how I have learned to use specific types of strategies to actually create a life where I enjoy going to bed early and I get excited to wake up because I'm actually doing what I love. I'm also excited because I have some amazing guest episodes coming up. Today is not one of them. Today is actually the episode on sobriety in the Hope Elevated series, but soon you're going to hear some more amazing guests, and I'm really excited to share those episodes with you. I had been doing a lot of interviews when COVID started because, of course, everybody was stuck at home, and so we're finally starting to get all those out to you, and I'm just really pumped for you to hear those episodes. So one of the things that I have been struggling with, however, the month of August has been my food consumption, I managed to get on on track a lot quicker than I have in the past but you know kind of like when it's trade show season and you know your schedule isn't the same and you know you're eating high carb meals and I had to do a lot of playing around with that kind of stuff because I hadn't been traveling, I got so used to my routine and once I slip uh, one weekend and I make it a full weekend, as I mentioned on my last episode, things, start to snowball a little bit. So I've jumped back on the deeper state keto because it really worked for me. It really curbed my sugar cravings. And knowing from addiction that when I start down that slippery slope of eating things that I don't react the same as others to, and I tend to indulge a little bit more, that I got to be really careful and pull back a little bit. So what I've been doing is experimenting with some new recipes. And I find that that has really helped me. I know when I first started DSK, I didn't struggle as much because I was more open-minded to what I was trying. Um, I actually, a friend of mine taught me how to make keto chicken strips and I absolutely love chicken strips. So that's one of my favorite meals now, but I'm just kind of getting creative and I'm, I'm making stuff that is just as enjoyable as something that has high carbs in it. So far in the Hope Elevated series, I've covered a good part of my addiction. I've also uh, covered relationships, codependency, depression, and today I'm going to get into sobriety a little bit more. And it was funny because a couple friends that I met with recently that had read my new book, Hope Elevated, um, they both said to me, you know, we want more. We wanted to hear more about your uh, recovery And believe it or not, I'm writing another book. It's going to go live in February. I haven't started it yet, but I have an outline created for it. And I had planned on writing the second book to really cover more of my sobriety journey and beyond because Hope Elevated was really to go over my past and the stories and just to give people hope that... They too can change if there's struggles that they face on a day-to-day basis. But yeah, I got the question, now what, you know, is there going to be more? And yes, there is. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about sobriety and what that was like for me. I started making some changes before I actually got sober. And in the episode, I believe it was about alcoholism that I talked about, you know, kind of that towards the end where I really didn't want to exist anymore. I wanted to end my life. I was sitting on the floor with a bottle of pills with my beautiful dog, a pug named Rudy, uh, just staring at me with his little head tilted. I had decided I needed to change. And little did I know that that decision that I made that day to not end my life would change everything forever. And You know, I remember hiring a personal trainer and needing help and I really truly felt that if I could only fix what was on the outside, that the inside would be healed as well. But turns out that's not true. Uh, But that amazing journey of me basically deciding to hire that trainer and then, you know, deciding that I was going to lose some weight, I was going to start eating healthier, um, working out consistently. Now, of course, keep in mind, I did that all in because I really wasn't learning any tools to change my mindset and and change my my thinking and, you know, my actions kind of thing. So um, that decision that I had made, little did I know that that was going to kind of start the ball rolling to my better life. In June 2012, I finally came to the realization after I had that one last drunk weekend with my ex-husband, that I definitely needed help. I couldn't control my alcohol consumption and I needed to do something about it. So um, if you've read the book, of course, you'll know uh, that same personal trainer that I had hired that was a part of my life at that time uh, would also help me become sober. And so I started to learn from other people that were sober as well. You know, I I started to pay attention to what they did, how they lived their lives. And, you know, one of the most um, important steps that I took when I first entered the world of recovery was really looking at how unmanageable life got. I mean, you know, I used to think that I didn't have a problem. You know, I kind of, I, I thought maybe I wasn't like everybody else because everybody else seemed to have their shit together other than, you know, the select few people that I would surround myself with. Um, But I really just thought that was part of life because it was the norm for me for so long. And when I actually first wrote out my life story, and this is something I actually coach on as well, when I wrote out my life story, I read it to somebody and it was almost shocking, you know, when I read it out loud, just hearing the chaos, right, and what I had gone through. And if, for those of you who had have read the book, and, you know, I've had a lot of people now reach out to me, which thank you for the support and reading my book, um, they can attest to my life was not normal. You know, I, uh, it was basically constant, constant, um, putting myself through pain and suffering, but Anyhow, I really had to recognize that I had absolutely no control over my life when I drank, right? And that was the first reality that I had to come to. I think it's also important to note that this can go to anything in your life, right? If you're struggling and you see the same patterns repeating themselves over and over again, you know, write out, write out your story, right? Start looking at it, are there things that happen to you, those patterns that you recognize? Are there those limiting beliefs that you think about yourself, right, that you're never going to change? And it's amazing once you actually own that story and you take responsibility for your past, now you're at a place where you can start to accept that, move on and create the, you know, the future that you've always dreamed of living. The other thing that I looked at was what an alcoholic truly was. You know, I honestly never thought I had a a, a big enough story. I I didn't think I was an alcoholic because I hadn't hit a bottom like some other people I knew had. You know, I know a lot of people that are sober today that have been completely homeless. They've lived downtown. Um, and they have gone through horrific experiences. And like I talk about in the book as well, I had an amazing upbringing, right? My parents were super supportive. They're not alcoholics, although alcoholism does run in my family. I never learned it from them. And I never, um, I never became an alcoholic because I had to live through abuse or anything like that. I understood that an alcoholic was an alcoholic because of the way that I reacted as soon as I ingested it into my body and that goes for a lot of substances right i can't take pain pills anymore because i like that feeling that it gives me and a lot of people i talk to that don't have issues with addiction you know they tell me well i i don't like the way painkillers make me feel i don't like the way drinking too much makes me feel and i wish that i felt that way but i didn't and so you know, that second part of it was not only accepting my past and accepting who I was and changing that, but also really learning to understand what it meant to be an alcoholic, right? That the the cravings happen the second that I ingest that substance. The next part of my journey was really developing faith. You know, I had grown up Um, with learning about religion in my life, but I had looked at it like something that you were either good or you were bad, right? You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. So I was super judgmental as an adult um, in regards to religion. And I don't feel that way anymore. You know, I do believe in a higher power. I do call that higher power God. But you know, one of the things I had to realize was that I couldn't do this alone you know I had to find other people who were exactly like me who had the same thinking I did who reacted to alcohol the same way I did and I had to build up a community of support essentially right I I knew I couldn't do this alone and I also knew that I had to have faith that things were going to work out because I had always lived in constant fear and doubt right always and I was always fearful of something not turning out properly. And guess what? Because I was so fearful of it, it didn't, right? And I always thought, oh man, I have bad luck, right? Every, everybody else is just luckier than I am. But it wasn't that way. It was because I was living in fear and doubt constant, constantly in my life. So I had to learn how to have faith that my needs were going to be met, you know, things were going to get taken care of. And very early on in my sobriety, I had my car repossessed out of my driveway. I was living with a friend of mine and, you know, thank goodness for her and her family for taking me in. And I had a futon bed. I had a um, dresser for my clothes and a bookshelf with a whole bunch of self-help books because I was self-help book crazy back in the day, right? I thought that could help me. But, you know, I had gone bankrupt. I'd lost everything but the one difference is, A, I recognized I had a problem and now I had a solution, right? I had a way to work on that. And B, I understood what being an alcoholic really was. And I knew that if I just had faith that things were going to turn out, right? And I just, I, I basically lived just with having faith, which is really different for me, right? That, that changed everything because I didn't have to rely on myself, to control anymore and do you know how good it feels when you let go of that control we like to call it let go and let God and you know I remember going to church um, when I was newly in recovery and just thinking ah you know what I know I prayed and and I'm, I'm trying to not control I used to call myself the general manager of the universe right because I wanted to control everything. But I just prayed before I went to that service because I was willing to do what it took that, you know, God would answer my prayers and he would give me some sort of big sign to let go and let God and it was okay not to run my life anymore. And guess what? I got that right when I went to the church service that day and I don't go to church. Um, I haven't gone in a while, but um, it's something that now, you know, faith is definitely a part of my life and i'm so glad i did it because i was willing to get out of this hole that i had gotten myself into mentally so after finding faith i knew i would have to start really digging in and looking at my part in the life that i had created and this was very uncomfortable um you can basically think of it you know if you have a business and every year you need to do this inventory right you have to make sure you go through everything, everything's accounted for because or else your business would fall apart. Well, um, that was how I was taught to look at things was every single year, you would have to do this personal inventory. And so I remember doing it for the first time. And you know, it's a lot of it is resentment, right? Resentment can kill us. And if you've ever been completely resentful towards someone, you know, that if we don't learn to let it go, that it consumes us right and that's all we seem to think about or vent about and um, it's just not a good place for someone who's an alcoholic like me and so I had to start looking at you know who I was resentful towards in my life and then of course you know what that affected in me so there was a lot of soul searching during this time in my recovery a ton of soul searching I would just, you know, try and figure out what, you know, it was insecurity, it was financial insecurity, um, you know, relationships, all that kind of stuff. And then the hardest part, though, was I actually had to look at my role in all these situations. And when you're in a position, or you're, you're struggling with someone in your life, and you're feeling a little resentful, you know, it's good practice, and I still do it today, because there's still times that I get resentful, I just kind of take a step back, and I go, okay, you know, how am I feeling about this right now? What is the resentment, right? And then what does it affect inside of me? And then I take a look at, you know, what's my part in this? And a lot of times, you know, going back over my relationships, I was an enabler, right? I was in a four-year relationship with another addict, and it ended up, um, you know, it, it went terribly sideways in the end. And even though it wasn't my fault that, you know, the abuse happened at the end there, it was my fault for staying in that relationship for four years, because I saw the signs way before anything bad ever happened. And so I had a choice to get out of it, but I chose not to. And, you know, that was my part. And so I had to start looking at all these, you know, people, places and things that I harbored these ill feelings towards and start actually looking, you know, at what I had done and my role in things, and it's a veal, very healing process uh, when you do something like that. And I highly recommend, you know, if you're ever ever angry at someone, you know, think for a second, you know, why are you mad at them? What it's affecting? Like, is it making you insecure? You you know, you're you're feeling, uh, you know, some sort of resistance or something. And then look at your part. You know, what did you do to get this thing started? Because more often than not, we find that we actually play a huge role um, when we start to get resentful towards other people. Another thing that I learned was a lot of times when I start to get judgmental or irritated with people, it's often things that I see in myself. And this was such an eye-opener. Um, Today, if I find myself getting judgmental, or I look at someone and I start to, you know, get irritated or something, I kind of look, is that a trait that I can recognize in myself, right? And it irritates me when I do it. Um, So that was something that helped as well. But that beginning of my journey in um recovery just really got me looking at you know my part in things and just owning my life um which i think a lot of people don't do i think a lot of people they go through life blaming others for their hardship and what happened and you know there is absolutely things that happen to people that are beyond our control but when you live a life like i did where I wasn't subjected to that kind of stuff, right? It was all of it was my fault. And I played a massive role in it. So there was a lot of freedom in in doing that searching and just, you know, trying to fix things. And of course, that led into a more spiritual practice. So I started to incorporate meditation. Um, I started to really look at my characteristics, you know, my defects That were affecting me and that I'd hold on to for protection. You know, I'd get super defensive or I'd start justifying certain behaviors because that was just a defense mechanism, right? I was used to using that when I'd always have to defend my actions when I was completely wasted and didn't remember what I actually did. Um, So, you know, that was a big part as well. After starting my spiritual practice, I really just tried to. you know, make amends to all those people that I had harmed. And that was tough for me. I, you know, approached a friend at one point and, you know, we were still good friends and she loved me no matter what. But I remember after, you know, talking to her and explaining that I'm really working on my life now, um, you know, she put her input and how I had hurt her. And you know, hearing that, it didn't feel good, that's for sure, but it allowed her to get her peace out, right? Because she had also been sitting on that resentment. And, you know, it's taught me today that when I'm harboring ill will towards someone, which really does not happen very often anymore, um, but if I start to feel that, I start to ask myself why I'm feeling that way, and if I've treated them in a way that's not respectful or how I don't want to be treated, then I will automatically go up and apologize, you know, and I even do it sometimes if I think that I've maybe harmed somebody and, you know, not purposely, um, you know, because I always try to be other people centered and I, you know, try and do things for the good of others, but of course I still mess up. I still mess up lots. I still say stupid things, um, because I love to chat and I think that's a good uh, reason to have a podcast is because I can let it all out here and uh, I appreciate you guys being listeners. One of the biggest changes uh, that's happened over the last eight years is that I actually really enjoy helping others now. Um, I have worked with people uh, that have come into the world of sobriety and that want help uh, to face their addiction and to work through it, it is unfortunately something you're never cured of. It is something that'll always be there for me. It's something that I have to be on guard for. Um, today, I live a life where I can be around people that are having drinks and it doesn't bother me. I don't think about it because I'm very clear on the fact that this happens when I have a beverage, right? And it might be fun for other people to see, But it's certainly not fun for me because most of the time I don't end up remembering it. And most of the time, there's always someone that I have to apologize to. But, you know, the outcome of my addiction is that I have decided that I want to become other people centered. I want to help other people um, also learn how I, you know, ended up recovering from addiction. Uh, which is part of my life and then this has also brought me into the life coaching and performance consulting that I also do today as my side hustle. I love working with clients you know and I, I work with clients that are just you know learning to use computers and starting to use programs to maybe start up their own business or their own podcast all the way to people that just want to create a vision for themselves. They want to you know develop stronger goals And then of course, they want to do sub goals that align with their vision, right? So they have a path to take. And it's just something that brings me great joy. I know that, you know, I I do things for myself. But I know that when I become other people centered, uh, most of what I do is when I recognize that it's for the good of everybody around me, then it usually ends up being the right thing. I think that it's important to know that if you're struggling with the same patterns you know and this doesn't just have to be drug or alcohol addiction you know this can be food addiction that you know starting to recognize that you have a problem and you're not changing you have to be ready to do it because I truly believe that I had hit my bottom and I was told um, early on when I got sober, that, you know, your bottom is when you stop digging. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. I know I didn't. I always thought I had a very high bottom because I wasn't homeless and I hadn't lost everything like a lot of people I know have. But your bottom is really when you decide that you're going to stop digging and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. So if you struggle with addictive behavior, you have to want it. You know, I know, I've met people that they want to get sober, or they want to stop eating fast food, or they, you know, they want to stop that addictive behavior. But if you're not ready, then you're, you're not going to be able to hang on to that, right? You need that strong desire to change your life. And, you know, that includes goal setting. I mean, how many of you have made New Year's resolutions and made the same one the following year and the following year after that, right? So, you have to be ready to change and you have to make the commitment that you want to change. And that's no different for sobriety and what I had to go through. I just knew that I wanted to make something different in my life. Sobriety has been quite the adventure for me. It uh, certainly doesn't mean that I don't have bad times because I have had absolutely amazing times in sobriety and I have had very Um, been in very depressive states in sobriety as well but the big difference between today and eight years ago is I actually have tools and solutions that help me get through the tough times right and I know even when I'm in the thick of the shit I'm gonna say and I feel like I'm you know I'm stuck to the floor and I'm not moving forward as fast as I would like to be moving I know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel because I've been through it over and over and over again. You know, it's like going through something that you're super uncomfortable about, right? Making those changes. And I wasn't comfortable getting sober. I mean, I was like, how the hell am I going to have a good time? You know, how am I going to go to a barbecue and not drink beers? How am I going to function in life or go to the movie theater? I know I snuck alcohol into the movie theater. But I found a way right and life is actually more fun for me today because I actually remember all those times so just remember that you know if you're struggling out there and you need help there is lots of help I would love to hear from you you can email me at info at the road to health dot me and I'm happy to chat you can also head over to my website the road to health dot me forward slash coaching and book a free intro call and let's chat. And until next time, guys, stay safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to empower and inspire you to build a firm belief in your own ability to change your life and start achieving your goals. I know from experience, it can be hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I work with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free consultation call to figure out how you can reach your goals, visit my website at www.theroadtohealth.me and book today. When you're there, make sure you sign up for my five steps to achieving your goals. And until next time, be safe and healthy.